Welcome back to Sell Organised Style Podcast. I'm Maria Theoharis or Velosos. And today it's Socialist Tuesday on the Daily Series. Sell Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors. The Australian Sewing Guild, who has been our Monday Daily Series regular, is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozsew.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. Listeners, if you've been reading the Socialist blog post, one of the very first Who We Are series under Sew Vintage on Socialists in July, you would have read the story Whitney Sews History. So today, let's welcome Whitney to Sew Organised Style Podcast. Well, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on to Socialist Tuesday on Sew Organised Style Podcast. Thank you for having me. I was really interested in reading your blog post that you did because you include vintage in your sewing repertoire. Yes, I do a lot of historical inspired sewing and I try to mix it up with modern clothes to have a practical but very unique wardrobe. And you do have a very unique wardrobe and the photos that I saw that you put onto the socialist blog post, if listeners haven't seen, should actually go on there, shouldn't they? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Check it out. Whitney, on Instagram, your handle is Whitney Goose. Yes. So listeners, you need to go onto Whitney's Instagram to see all of the makes that she's done. Whitney, do you want to take us through how your vintage love started? Sure. I've been sewing for a few years and I got started sewing because I wanted to make the things that I couldn't find in department stores. They always just sell modern fashions and it always seemed kind of bland to me in comparison to all the glorious stuff you can see in period dramas, fairy tales. So I wanted to create that for myself. And one day I was actually invited to a historical sewing group. And there I was able to look at books that had pictures of all these fashion plates of Victorian women and and women from the 18th century. It was really inspiring. When you went to the Historical Society, did you get a feel for the sewing techniques they used back then? A little bit, yes. This particular group wasn't so focused on historical accuracy, more getting the look. Okay. Definitely historical sewing techniques will help to achieve that. So what was the next step for you? Well, I saw a picture of this 1850s women in bell-shaped crinoline gowns. I looked at that picture and said, I want to make that. And so I started brainstorming, getting ideas, doing a whole bunch of research on the dress and the history behind the dress. All the stylistic influences learned a lot. And through all that research, I was able to slowly put together my own dress. And that dress is on your Instagram account too, isn't it? Yes, there's multiple posts about it. It's of it. And so you should be. With all the work that you've put into it and all the research, it's a lovely replica of what it is you have been inspired by. Yes, very much so. So what happened then? After I'd finished the dress, I put the whole thing on. I made it from the under layers on upwards, from the chemise and drawers, the corset, 
the bonnet, everything. I put it on and I went for a walk in the woods to take pictures, you know, free from all the modern stuff. And then I posted those pictures into a selling forum to basically show, hey, look what I've made. Come appreciate this. Yeah. And well, because I have brown skin, people saw that and, uh, well, it got mixed reactions. And the amount of pieces that you made for that outfit, if you were to count them, you probably made, what, about six different pieces for that outfit? Yes, indeed. My drawers, that's one. Chemise, corset, bodice, skirt, underskirt, and then the undersleeve. So actually, that's seven items. Seven items. Mm-hmm. That's a huge achievement. Thank you so much. It's seven items, and you got the look that you were trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And you took the photo in an environment that, at that time, it would have been the natural environment to be in. Yes, I really tried to create that look in my photograph. And did you feel happy when you wore it? So happy. It was such an achievement for me, growing my skills. I posted a picture of myself spinning in the dress, and it just has this look of the hills are alive, you know. (laughs) In Whitney Goose's world. Yes. (laughs) So then how did you then manage that mixed reaction? Well, I can't say that I didn't see it coming. I know what the world is like, so I had already braced myself for it. But at the same time, it was still very saddening and exotic. Once those comments started popping up, I just logged off, waited till the next morning, and then logged back on. And the moderators took care of everything. They erased all those bad comments, all the inappropriate questions. And I was able to engage with the more uh, positive and supporting people who were commenting. I'm so glad that moderators did what they could to make sure that the work that you put in was truly appreciated. Yes. Yeah. Do you still love selling vintage style clothes? Absolutely. Whenever I have a new project in mind, it's the first thing I go for. I don't really get the same excitement from modern clothes. And how do you incorporate your vintage sewing into your clothes now? Let's say if it's a skirt, I will pair that with a t-shirt and some flip-flops, and that usually works very well. I find when you take a whole historical outfit, you can take all the pieces of that outfit and mix it in with the rest of the closet, and it really doesn't look too out of place. No, it doesn't. The photo that I saw where you were wearing the skirt, I think it was in a vegetable field. Oh, yeah. That was really impressive. Did you want to talk us through that outfit? Oh, yes. That's actually my own personal garden that I've worked on growing this year. Yeah. I was very proud of that, so I wanted to pose right in the middle of it. And the skirt is actually a pair of 1901 writing split skirts for writing. And I actually chose that particular pattern because in that period of time, it was normal for women to pad their behinds to have a more voluminous shape. Yeah. I actually have that natural padding already, so I thought, Oh, well, this pattern is actually good fit for my natural body. It's good that you spotted that. Mm-hmm. And I really love the fact that you've got a wonderful garden that you've also created as well. Thank you so much. I'm extremely proud of it too. So I really enjoy wearing that particular garment because I'm a little bit thick built, very curvy. I have size that cut and that skirt gives me the option to wear something that looks like a but without having that thigh rubbing issue because it's actually secret pants. Yeah, and it looks like a skirt. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so I can wear that with a crop top, a wraparound scarf, and be ready to go. It's a really good outfit. Thank you. So what is your favourite era for picking styles that you love wearing? Oh, gosh, that's a difficult one. Currently, I am eyeballing the 1910s and all the styles that are inspired by Paul Poiré. 
the very ethereal, dreamy style. And what is it about that style that you love? I love the experimentation with shapes and fabric. In that particular time period, style stops becoming so rigid. Mm -hmm. Women are kind of starting to come out of their corsets. Not that there's anything wrong with corsets, but they're starting to experiment more with style. Skirt shapes are changing, and there's a whole bunch of liberation going on. And they're no longer constricted in their clothing. I had actually made a uh, coon coat from that time period that reinterpreted for my modern style, of course. I actually made one for a holiday party, and that picture is on the socialist blog in my post. And I recently rewore that same coat as a swimsuit cover. Oh, did you? Mm. And did it feel as comfortable? It felt comfortable and it looked entirely natural. I actually have uh, pictures of that on my Instagram as well. And if, you know, if people are prepared to see a bikini picture because it's up there. <laughs> I'm sure that they do. <laughs> I would say don't be hindered by what you think will or won't look good with your body. Play around, experiment. If you see something you like, get it and go to your closet and start playing around. Try different things on, see how they go together. You might be surprised. And it's all part of learning who you are and what makes you unique too, isn't it? Absolutely. I noticed that a lot of people, they'll come to me and say, wow, I wish I could wear that. Or how come these aren't fashionable again? People aren't wearing these nowadays. Or sometimes they'll ask, where do you wear that? I don't have any opportunities to wear that anyway. My advice is to just wear it. Anywhere you go, just wear it. Wear it to the grocery store. Just wear what you want. Nobody cares. In fact, I'm sure a lot of people would be happy to see that stuff. Do you get any comments when you're out and about? Sometimes I get weird looks, but mostly it's compliments. People see something that's unusual but delightful, and they'll say how much they love my outfit, or they'll say that I remind them of some historical movie or maybe a Studio Ghibli film, and it makes them smile. And I love making people smile. Whitney, what else is there that you wanted to let our listeners know about? Well, I'd like to talk more about a growing community on Facebook called History Bounding. Okay. And basically, it's all about this whole style of incorporating vintage and historical garments into the modern wardrobe. And it's becoming increasingly popular. And where did you find the term historical bounding? I believe it was recently coined by a uh, YouTube costumer by the name of Morgan Donner. Okay. And she has the most gorgeous work, and she also participates in history bounding. The term comes from another community called Disney bounding, where people will dress in ways that kind of evoke the mood of Disney characters without exactly dressing exactly like the characters themselves. Okay. Because it's it's forbidden to just be dressed up exactly as a character when you go to Disney World, so a lot of people will instead Disney bound. And in that spirit, that's kind of history bounding, kind of just incorporating the elements. All right, that makes sense. Oh, no problem. I know that there's a lot of Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are reluctant to dip their toes into this style because they might feel there's not enough representation in the vintage or historical costuming communities. We're not very well represented in historical art, for example. Mm. It's very difficult to find. And a lot of people might feel like they will be unwelcome or ridiculed for it. And I really want to reach out and encourage people of color to join in and take part of this wonderful community. There's a lot of wealth of the people and we really need the representation. And 
suppose the only way to get that representation is to directly participate. To become involved. Yeah, and that's my piece on that. Recently, I made the decision to pursue a trucking career. And right after making that decision, I decided to make a 1940s pair of Rosie the Riveter overalls because just as women in World War II would don practical hard-wearing garments to fill the roles of the men who went to fight in the war, I'm putting on these overalls and entering a very male-dominated field. And I feel there's a lot of power and strength in that. The fact that you've gone down the path of becoming a trucker and wearing overalls is a really good reflection of your love of vintage and bringing that into your everyday clothing. Absolutely. Even if I'm taking on a dirty, grimy job, there's nothing that's going to stop me from expressing myself. (laughs) And what's the call line for the 1940s overalls poster? We can do it. That's right. We can do it. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on to Sew Organised Style for Socialist Tuesday and giving us a better idea on how we could include vintage styling in our everyday clothes. Thank you so much for having me and it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks again, Whitney. And listeners, make sure you go to Whitney's Instagram, which is Whitney Goose. Whitney Goose on Instagram. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a lovely day, listeners. So Organised Style Podcast is produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Whitney, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, spelt with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and Libsyn, our podcast distributor. Post any questions or podcast suggestions on our podcast Instagram account or our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.